Hi, I'm Tori Aletto, and welcome to the Imperfect Person Podcast. I'm your host, a licensed marriage and family therapist for the last 15 years. This podcast was created from the heart of my work, which is how the hardest parts of life often lead us to healing the relationship we have with ourselves. Each episode will dive into hard conversations with honesty and compassion. I'm so grateful that this podcast was produced by my friends over at Next Level University. And now let's move through the hard stuff together. Hi, and welcome to the Imperfect Person Podcast. I am Tori Aletto, and we are going to talk about letting go. Now, although letting go is sort of the term that I'm using because we all know it, I would really say that letting go is actually rediscovering ourselves, reconnecting back to ourselves after an experience, a loss, pain. How do we do that? You know, because we think letting go is about the external part, the person or the, you know, object or whatever it is, the experience that we're trying to let go. But often it's the very difficult reconnection process from moving through the ending of something. Here are some things about letting go that I've learned as a human and as a therapist. Number one, letting go is not a step-by-step process. And that's kind of upsetting, right? Because if it was, we'd have like, you know, step one, check, step two, check, but it's not. And the other thing is when we assume it is, or we assume there's a certain timeline around when we should be letting go or how, or whatever the case is, it creates a ton of pressure. We can't pressure ourselves to let go because letting go is slowly reconnecting back to ourselves. And often it's reconnecting back to a sort of transformed version of ourselves, depending on the experience that we had that we have to let go of. You know, it's reconnecting to ourselves after pain, after loss, after, you know, um, a shift you know, or whatever it is, you know, whether it's a person or experience, it's, it's, um, not always joyous, but it definitely most likely has an impact on rediscovering ourselves and our wounds and, you know, our stories around our worth. I don't know many people who grieve And don't come out the other end a more connected version of themselves or a transformed version of themselves. They come out different. Um, But I do know that the pressure to let go is often what leads us to further disconnect. You know, there's, there's people, clients, you know, people sometimes who come at me, how do I let go? How do I let go? How do I let go? And I immediately can feel the pressure that they're putting on themselves to let go. And that is where I would start. That is step one, because when we're pressuring ourselves, we are disconnecting ourselves from our actual process, because if there's still pain in there, 
we can't force ourselves to no longer feel it unless we numb away from it. And that's disconnecting that, that kind of prolongs the process, the more disconnected that we are to ourselves, which we all are when we're in pain, you know, or when we're grieving, it's just part of it. But the more disconnected we are, the more likely we are going to engage in protective behaviors, behaviors that likely don't serve us. Like for instance, stalking an ex's social media, you know, endings are incredibly painful, even if they're right, they're painful. And they often put us face to face with old pain. They put us face to face with old rejection or wounds, um, stories around our lives and our timelines and our worth. It can even impact our ability to hope for our future. You know, when our future is tied together with someone else or something else or whatever it is, and we lose that person or that something we're also sort of grieving our future. We're losing hope in the moment of what our future will be like because it was wrapped up with that person or that experience or that thing. So there's so many hard, difficult, painful layers to grieving and letting go. Anytime we're looking to slowly reconnect back to ourselves, right? When we're trying to move through our very natural process of letting go and reconnecting back to who we are and who we are without this person or this thing or this experience. The first thing is we want to notice what behaviors that we automatically engage in that are preventing us from feeling. You know, I often have clients come to me in this place, right? Where they have, you know, they're moving through a very painful breakup or they were rejected or ghosted or, you know, whatever the experience is. And there's so much shame around these behaviors that they engage in, you know, the social media stalking or the overanalyzing, over-focusing on the partner, what they're doing, what they did, or, you know, the over-focus even on themselves and what they did wrong and what they should have said or shouldn't have done or wish they said. There's, you know, we go into sort of an analysis of the ending um, and of the pain. And these are all behaviors that we engage in that are an attempt to manage some deep pain. And we have shame around them, right? We don't want to admit that we've been stalking our ex on Instagram for the last two hours because we know better. We know our friends are going to yell at us for doing it, but we do it anyway. Now, here's the thing. When we start to notice that these behaviors are blocking us from feeling, it doesn't mean the next day we don't go and look on that Instagram and do it again. It just means this is our pathway back to ourselves. We realize even if we can prolong that Instagram stock for a minute or so, and we sit and we feel the anxiety or the sadness, or whatever it is that's driving it, we are slowly reconnecting back to ourselves. And what I say with clients all the time is, we're not going to feel shame around engaging in protective behaviors, but we are going to slowly start to become lovingly accountable so that we can start to act in ways that honor us. Because clearly those behaviors often lead to pain. 
we see something, we put something together and we're in pain. We're in deep pain from this extra narrative and story that we're trying to engage in around the loss and often our worth. So I don't, when I work with clients around loss, we don't shame ourselves for protective behaviors, but what we do is we slowly create pauses to feel the emotional experiences under these protective behaviors. And it always comes down to sort of facing the relationship we have with ourselves. And the hardest parts of that relationship are revealed when we're grieving, when we're in pain, um, when we've been rejected. So it's a slow reconnection back to self. And I noticed that when we can be aware and accountable and honest about the behaviors we're engaging in that prevent feeling, we slowly, slowly peel back the layers of being able to pause. And when we're able to pause, we start to feel and we start to express and we start to go into the stories around our worth and our fears and our hopes and our grief. And all of that stuff sort of comes to the surface and to the light. And those are the things that we have to also process and experience. Um, you know, there's a lot of shame in relationships ending and divorce in, you know, massive changes in career or whatever it is that you're grieving. There's a lot of shame in these experiences. All of that stuff can easily be blocked by behaviors such as stalking someone on social media. It's the perfect storm to keep ourselves quote unquote protected from the pain of these endings and what they reveal in us. If we look at letting go as a reconnection to self, we can really be mindful of how we treat ourselves in this process, because I think that's vital. I say, if that's the one thing that I do with clients, I teach them how to be graceful and accountable, graceful and accountable in such a genuine way so that they can truly rebuild a healthier relationship to self. So that on the other side of this transformation, this inevitable transformation that happens after loss, they come out more connected more solid. They learn slowly how to honor themselves at the ending of a relationship and also maybe where those behaviors crept in, in the relationship. You know, there's a whole exploration that happens when we're in a stage of grief. So I would say if you are in this right now, the first thing you want to do is pay attention to the behaviors you engage in. You all probably, you probably already know them because those are the things that you don't want to tell your friends anymore because they're just going to be mad at you. Those behaviors, those are the things you want to pay attention to, not in a way to pressure yourself to never do them again, but in a way to acknowledge their purpose so that you can start to understand whatever's under those behaviors are the things that you need to experience, feel, and face. And when you do that, you start walking down the path of self-connection and that will become a very natural process to let go. I have a webinar coming up on Saturday, the 29th, that walks you through this process in detail with exercises. And really, I want this to be your own but I want you to have guidance um, to make it 
or to really create this transformation that what happens from or through grief brings out the best part of you ultimately, or another version of you, an empowered version of you. Because I'd say that's what happens with people when they move through this work and get to the other side. So come and join me. The link is in the bio. If you want to do some of this work with me. Um, and if you can't make it live, it is recorded and sent to you and you can watch it anytime. Uh, let me know what you think about this episode, any thoughts on letting go. And I am grateful as always for you to join me, um, rate this podcast, leave a review. I'm so grateful for you guys. And I look forward to seeing you at the webinar. Thanks.